This week on the podcast, nonprofit news for March 1st, 2021. Thanks to Nick and Carisha joining us today, as always, to help make sense of what happened in nonprofit news. All right, Carisha, you want to kick us off? Yeah, I can start with some of the summary news here. Um, One of the first things on our summary list is the burgeoning food justice movement rising in Black America, um, which is a really interesting one when you think about access to groceries and and fresh produce. Um, This is coming from thinking about uh, Black farming um, and kind of food deserts where, again, you're not able to get fresh produce. Um, In this article, Uh, They talk about funding for Black farmers um, and kind of the decrease from the 1920s all the way up to today, um, going from hundreds of thousands of Black farmers to less than 35,000. So an interesting thing to think about as we, again, think about who has access to uh, quality food, fresh produce, um, and things that just make for an overall healthier life. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to so much about sort of systemic racism and like loans and whether or not, like, frankly, in a farming system, if you can't get a freaking loan to, you know, cover your crop on that, guess what? You can't become a farmer. So if you think it's like, oh, they're just like, not like, no, 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 no. It goes far deeper than that. And then you get into the issues of food deserts, which have downstream effects to diabetes. And you're like, oh, that seems like a system designed to screw people. Oh no, it all relates. Um, so it is, um, interesting to see this, this article on this movement. It gets, uh, uh, it's good to see that written there. That was out of the nonprofit nonprofit uh, news. Where was this article? Nonprofitquarterly.org. All right. What else do we got? We also have new news for a stimulus bill and forgivable loans for larger nonprofits. Um, in March, when they passed the first stimulus bill, um, they allowed lots of smaller nonprofits to be able to take out loans for paycheck protection programs. Um, And these were for nonprofits that had 500 or fewer. Um, But the new bill that passed the House on Saturday expanded that so that nonprofits who are part of affiliate uh, organizations um, can also benefit from this loan. Um, It also says that these affiliate organizations would have to have 500 or less employees um, at a singular location, Um, but definitely great for people or for organizations that are branches of a one large organization. Yeah, I think they also may have to show whether or not the need is based on their based on their Q2 of 2020 versus 2019 data. So it's not like the free for all that maybe it was last summer. There's a, there's a couple more uh, stipulations, but it's a lot of money. So hopefully it is on the radar of your chief financial whoever's. For sure. Definitely take a look because it could probably be helpful. Um, more news. Uh, In our summary, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's nonprofit website gets a major makeover after the duo ditches royal roles forever. Um, So part of their uh, nonprofit website, again, is doing a redesign um, really to take off kind of those royal ties that they have, particularly a picture um, of Prince Harry with his mother um, with the caption, uh, I am my mother's son. Um, So just thinking about, again, the political roles that um, these founders have in their nonprofits. But there are also allegations of Prince Harry kind of using his royalness to get more awareness and things like that. Um, So an interesting push and pull between Prince Harry and the royal family. Yeah, you can take the royal out of the castle, but you can't take the castle out of the royal on this one. (laughs) Like, sure, remove the pictures, but I'm sorry, you're still going to be covered on like TMZ when you update your nonprofit site. And apparently, nonprofit newsfeed, I couldn't resist. (laughs) 
Exactly. Um, and lastly, in our nonprofit summary, we have news of a nonprofit newsroom dissolving over allegations directed at a founder. Um, and this was coming from somebody who was interviewing for an editor role um, at a uh, specific nonprofit newsroom. Um, fair warning, I believe the uh, newsroom is called. Um, during this person's interview, they kind of asked questions around DEI and things like that. Um, and their founder said that uh, they're not really interested in um, having news like that on their site um, and not wanting to write about racial justice and stuff like that, because that's, quote unquote, not what we do here. Um, so again, interesting to see, one, how news is curated and really needing to do your research in terms of getting news that's relevant and timely. Um, and then also, again, thinking about what's important for you at your uh, place of work. Um, so yeah, interesting to see, though, that news is not always objective. <laughs> and it's time to feed the whales with a quick ad about Whole Whale University. This is our best online content packaged in courses. We're talking SEO, content marketing, Google ad grants, cybersecurity, and tons of webinars and other templates for you to use. You can buy them individually or as an annual subscription. Uh, we really put our best work in here. And if you're interested in the topics in this podcast that we tend to cover, we go a mile deep with these courses. That's wholewhale.com slash university. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think news is ever... Anyone who believes news is purely objective is being written by a, a computer. Um, I think we bring our our history, our our identities to, to everything we do, and to ignore that probably leads you down a, a bad path. You know, I, I'll be honest. It's sad to see an organization that was supposedly you know like sort of meant to do the public work of investigating and doing reporting get shuttered over this versus like changing up administration. But it is something that organizations need to consider. Awesome. So I can go into our top stories for the week as well. So speaking of newsrooms, another trend that we are seeing is that newsrooms around the country are increasingly turning to a nonprofit model. Now, this is coming from the Institute of Nonprofit News, a consortium of nonprofit journalism organizations. But uh, this group has seen a record 28% increase in the membership of newsrooms signing on as nonprofit organizations last year. And while the IRS is reportedly a little bit hesitant to categorize news and media organizations as non-commercial entities, um, you know, folks within the industry say that we have to they have to subsidize reporting if we want democracy to survive. And I think that this, um, this nonprofit model gives newsrooms a structure that would otherwise, you know, without which they would collapse. And now in America, in a political environment that is more trying and polarized than ever, with the dearth of local news across the country, we need these organizations more than ever. So, I, for one, am happy to see that they're, they're switching to this model, maybe diversify their funding and, and survive and give us the news we all need. Yeah, I mean, the whole idea of a C3 designation is for the public benefit, the public good. And clearly we can tell that media as a major branch of our functioning democracy is a public good. Now, 
I could see where the IRS gets a little confused if they're saying, well, it seems like you shoved a bunch of ads on there and you're just running a, a revenue model where you're posting for classifieds and, and pieces like that. So, you know, you run into questions of UBIT and whether or not that the revenue model that they have actually disqualifies them uh, because it is, you know, a, a for-profit driven angle. So, I, you know, take time, look at it, but I like the overall trend of, of the increase for news agencies. Um, that said, remember, the, the golden rule of 501c3 or a nonprofit doesn't necessarily mean they're reporting the news you think they should report. So I want to take a closer look at who's, who's necessarily using the vehicle of a nonprofit to drive in which direction. That's a good point. And along the lines of nonprofits and, and charitable giving may come with, with an agenda or a bias, um, this leads us into our next story in which a CEO has called out billionaire philanthropy as a PR scam. Now, this quote comes from the founder and CEO of a credit card company called Gravity Payments. Um, The founder's name is Dan Price. And he says that billionaire philanthropists who donate lots of money in return for glowing reviews and good press is, quote, one of capitalism's biggest PR scams. This is quite interesting because we think of these high net worth individuals and founders and tech moguls giving back, you know, tremendous amounts of money, and we think highly of them for doing so. But Price in this article says that in Washington state, billionaires pay 3% of their income on taxes, while the poor pay 18%, and that their charitable giving nowhere near comes close to making up that difference. So because of of how our, our tax laws are structured, billionaires get away with paying much, much less and get the intangible benefit of good press from making up not that whole difference. Yeah, I uh, think this is obviously meant to stir the pot a little bit by Dan, but is a point that's incredibly well taken when news media and nonprofit networks all like sort of like jump all over themselves. And like, we've been even here talking about like, oh yeah, McKenzie's like donations of, you know, so many billion dollars out the door. When you really look at it, like in terms of just a raw tax rate, it's a, it's a fraction, it's a true fraction. And, you know, we can report on total numbers of billions of dollars given by billionaires, but you know, uh, reporting by the observer says that like actually billionaires made record profit last year and donated record lows in 2020, even though you have these like large stories that sound good. I, I think there are outliers like the you know, sort of 1% pledge and 100% sort of pledges that you hear the likes of Gates and Buffett necessarily making like over their lifetime, they're gonna like, you know, give a uh, majority away. But in the long tail here of, of billionaires, uh, it is uh, not entirely clear that like a proper taxing of uh, wealth would do more for the public good than the you know PR thing. What I don't, what I what I'm always careful about is whether or not when you're talking about motivation of an individual, is it fair to say like they're motivated to do a PR stunt? I don't think that you know, uh, McKinsey was making that donation. She was like motivated by like a, a deep, you know, a deep state type of conspiracy of like billionaires all like cohorting in a circle. Be like, all right, you're going to give 10 now. Great. Wait for Christmas. Wait now, now do it now, do it now. I don't think it's that underhanded. I think it's more of a, 
a macro statement uh, about look, you know that that's great you donated, but we've got a we've got a real problem in consolidation of wealth uh, and how quickly that wealth gap is growing. Um, so I don't I don't like it if it's applied to calling out individuals for beneficial event because it could have the adverse reaction. Be like, oh, fine, I don't want to donate. I don't want to seem like somebody who's <laughs> doing a PR stunt. And you're like, oh boy. <laughs> no, I absolutely agree. That's a a great perspective. How about a feel-good story, George? I like feel-good stories. Great. This one uh, comes to us courtesy of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, which is running a program in which a 29-year-old cancer survivor, who's now a physician's assistant at the hospital, is going to be boarding a SpaceX flight and is going to be the youngest and the first I guess, non-scientist flight person in space um, in all of history. Uh, This is an amazing story that shows what happens when social impact and charitable giving campaigns get creative. So the purpose of this was to raise money and awareness for the incredible work that St. Jude's does. And at the end of the day, this woman's getting to go to space. A little, a little jealous there, but just, just another a great feel-good story. Yeah, there are actually not going to be any astronauts on this flight, which I don't know if I'd want to be jumping on that one. I, you know, if I'm on a boat, I want a captain. If I'm on a plane, again, a pilot. Um, but, you know, it's remarkable to see how automated uh, this actually is um, coming, out of, coming out of SpaceX. And wonderful to see that, like, you know, somebody doing the work, not... Uh, you know, a wealthy donor does this or that, though, P.S., this is being underwritten by a wealthy donor <laughs> uh, to go. But it's highlighting this, like, you know, great story inside of uh, St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. That was a feel-good story. Thanks, Nick. Anytime. All right, more news. If you want to see these links, you can go chase them down at wholewell.com slash podcast. And if you want the free weekly newsletter curated, nonprofitnewsfeed.com. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com university to keep learning with us. Thanks as always to gregthomasmusic.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you. 